You're listening to the Efficient Practice Podcast, episode number one. Welcome to the Efficient Practice Podcast. If you want increased productivity, profitability, and a better quality of life, this show is for you. And now your host, Dr. Evelyn Samuel. Welcome to the Efficient Practice Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Evelyn Samuel, and I am so excited about our show today. The Efficient Practice Podcast is a podcast that I have set up where we will bring some of the tops in the business industry, as well as some of the top leaders and future leaders of the dental profession. So whether you are a practice that has an efficient practice, or if you are using efficient practices to run your business smooth, this podcast is for you. And I am so super excited about our guest today. We have on the show, Dr. Mark Bernie, Dr. John Mark Bernie. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Bernie. Hey, how you doing? I am hey. well, I am well. How are you? I'm well, can't complain. Good, good, good. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank yes. you. I'm excited to be here. Good, good. It's going to be a good one. So if you're watching us, we're, this po podcast is in two formats. We are doing a video format and we're also doing uh, an audio podcast. So we're going to get started and I'm just going to read a little bit about Dr. Bernie. Dr. Bernie is an associate dentist of the Blue Diamond Dental Team located in Wilmington, Delaware. And he also proudly serves as a soldier in the Army National Guard, currently holding the rank of captain in the Delaware Medical Detachment. Dr. Bernie received his Doctor of Dental Surgery degree from Meharry Medical College School of Dentistry in 2015. Meharry is located in Nashville, Tennessee. Dr. Bernie completed his dental residency at the University of Nebraska Medical Center. It was during this time that Dr. Bernie was introduced to several dental techniques, ranging from advanced oral surgery procedures to innovative maxillofacial prosthodontics. Dr. Bernie demonstrates a genuine dedication to the art of dentistry as he proactively seeks and participates in many, many continuing education courses. This ensures that he is fully aware of and well-versed in the newest procedures and techniques, thus allowing him to provide the gold standard of care to each and every one of his patients. Dr. Bernie has also recently started his own dental blog entitled Smile Doctor of Delaware, which is an informational haven regarding one's oral health. The blog aims to take the complexities and mysteries out of dentistry. Dr. Bernie provides high quality dental care in a reputable manner while also maintaining patient privacy, dignity, and comfort. This has always been and continues to be the brand of the Dr. John Mark Bernie's dentistry. All right, and once again, welcome to the show, Dr. Bernie. Thank you, glad to be here. Good, good, good. So we're gonna dive deep. 
we're going to dive deep today. So hopefully we have some uh, new dentists listening, maybe some up and rising dentists and even dentists who have been in practice for many years. We're going to deep dive into a lot of different topics. And before we go into those, I'd like for you to tell us a little bit about your journey. Um, so thank you for the introduction. Um, I am a private practice dentist right now in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, I've been practicing out here for close to two years now, if not two years, and graduated dental school in 2015 um, uh, from Meharry and did my residency in 2016 at the University of Nebraska. And so, yeah, I'm just doing private practice dentistry right now. And um, experiencing the ups and downs of private practice and uh, how that how that translates into my personal life is good and bad and things of that nature. But uh, nonetheless, um, I'm pleased with what I do. I love what I do. And um, I love giving back to my community through dentistry. So. Oh, wonderful. Very good. So you said you've been a help since um, 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've been in private practice for about two years in Delaware. Yes, ma'am. So, uh, where are you from? Are you are you? From Virginia. You're from Virginia. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're from Virginia. Uh, is private practice what you expected it it would be? Uh, uh, and if not, what's the difference? Yes and no. Um, everybody. I, I'm sure everybody in school right now probably still has their <clears throat> expectations of what dentistry is when they plan on getting out, what they expect to experience, what they, I know I definitely did. When I was in dental school, <clears throat> there were things I didn't like doing when I was in dental school, like pouring up models and uh, mounting cast, uh, waxing things and doing any type of lab work. And I was like, man, I can't wait to get to private practice or can't wait to get to the real world dentistry where we don't have to do this anymore. And uh, there's some truth to that. And there's also uh, some misnomers, if you will, in regards to that, too, especially when you're just starting out. Um, So expectations in regards to what my job entails is different. Um, Expectations in regards to uh, the busyness of being a private practice dentist is different. The money expectations is different. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of what you what you think and uh, expect is completely different. Um, I remember when I was uh, like I said, I remember when I was <clears throat> in dental school, thinking I had certain uh, certain things set for for me or expectations that I had of this nature occurring for me uh in regards to like going to residency next because that was the natural thing to do everybody was doing residency right after and so you have expectations when you're going into residency man it's the first time you got to get paid it's your first job so of course everybody has that money expectation and it was the first time i was ever introduced to uncle sam um other than being in the military as it pertains to my paychecks and stuff like that and how much taxes actually occur so i remember being in my residency program, I think our salary was 47K a year um, in the middle of Nebraska. Well, not in the middle of Nebraska, but on the uh, east coast of Nebraska. <clears throat> um, 
47K should go a long way. And boy, <laughs> Uncle Sam made sure it only went down the street. <laughs> he definitely took his nice fair share out of that paycheck. So you don't expect that. Nobody teaches, nobody, nobody told me that. Um, exactly. A lot of my friends had just graduated dental school the year before me and frat brothers that graduated the year before me and things like that. Nobody ever hit us back and, or hit me back at least. And was like, it ain't what you thought. <laughs> Come see your salary. And let me tell you why. And so it is what it is in regards to that. I want to kind of interject right just for a second there. Uh, uh, something that you said, and and after a new dentist listening, and and I would categorize new dentists anywhere from one to five years, maybe even close to ten. But you you just said something that was paramount. You have these expectations that you're going to get out of school and make all this money, right? You've been in school a really long time. Yep. If you're a long time to be a doctor, not that you're going to just be extremely wealthy, but you think you're going to get out and just have a, a really comfortable living. And that's one of the main things I hear new dentists uh, really uh, talk about in terms of what's different from what they expected is that debt is real. <laughs> yeah. Debt is real. It's real. And, and then of course, I mean, what you make. And like you said, yeah. in dental school, you get paid nothing. Yeah. So anything sounds like a lot. Right. And then yeah. you get out and you're like, Oh my goodness, this is, it's different. So, yeah, I just wanted to jump in and say that because I know there's people listening all over the country and probably the world yeah. that are agreeing with what you just said. It's, it's sad but true. Um, so then you get to reality of residency and you're like, man, this ain't financially what I thought it was going to be. But it's cool. It's still doable. You still survive. You still live. And you tell yourself, hey, it's just for a year. After this is when I get to the money, I guess. So. You know, then you get into real life and you get into uh, um, whatever setup that you enter or embark upon, whether it be a DSO or a private practice like myself or working in the public health department or work serving uh, Indian Health Service Corps or even teaching dentistry or whatever the case may be, you realize that, hey, is the... I guess it takes time to make that that good money, I guess. And uh, it doesn't happen all at once. And um, so, you know, that's something that, uh, that, that was different in regards to my expectations when I got out. Then the type of patients I was seeing was different. So I, was, I remember being in dental school and the type of patients I was seeing or the population was the underserved. And that's what Meharry's main focus is uh, on is serving the underserved. And, um, you know, so you see some of the most challenging cases in there. So when you get out to a residency, you're probably hoping to see something a little bit more challenging, if you would, because you want to up your skills. But then you would love the days where it's just slam dunk easy things. And the residency program I chose, it wasn't slam dunk easy. It was hospital dentistry. So it was definitely not slam dunk easy at all. Uh, at all. There was so many... Uh, so many medically compromised patients coming through. Um, and you had to take a lot of things into consideration before you even did certain procedures, things of that nature, but it prepared you for the next level. And that, that's good that you say that because I, I too did a residency and, and, and uh, it just gives you a different view from what you're learning in dental school. You know, um, oh, yeah. absolutely. There, there, we spent a lot of time learning to be doctors in dental school. Uh, we don't get any business uh, for the most part. There are some programs that have uh, dual programs with uh, 
you know, business, but for the, for the most part, most people don't get uh, the business aspect, but it's just good to see a different aspect of, of dentistry. So your residency showed you something different. It, mm-hmm. You got to do hospital dentistry because when you're in private practice, you're going to see different things from when you're in dental school. Dental school is more controlled. Yeah, so when yeah. you're in private practice, you just never know what's going to walk in the door. You're going to learn the majority of what you learn after dental school anyway. Yeah. And you did a residency. And then after your residency, is that when you, you went into private practice in Delaware? Yes. I went straight to private practice in Delaware. Um, I've been here ever since. Um, and <clears throat> the type of patients I was seeing in private practice, oh man, it varies, man. I tell you, it just, I, I see them all from the underserved to the well-served to the in-betweens. It's just, and you got to be prepared for everything. That's and right. You realize quickly that there is no such thing as an easy anything in dentistry. It's nothing, uh, nothing's really too easy. It's, it's just really hard to say that that was easy. You know, yeah. not that you didn't do a good job, not that you didn't get the standard of care, not that you didn't seal all your margins and remove all the excess cement or whatever the case procedure you may be doing, you know. Uh, still nothing is easy it's a a skill that you got to fine tune at every opportunity that you get you know so that's something I try to do um and I guess that's another thing that my expectations have kind of changed when I got outside into the real world in regards to dentistry is learning um that the that learning that learning never stops I guess if you will you know, and that uh, there's so much more that you that you need to know and how little you really do know when you're walking out of dental school. It's just like, man, dang, you really don't know much. Can you repeat that, like, for new graduates? Like, uh, can you just you repeat that sentence? <laughs> learning. What did I say? Learning. You just said learning is a continual process. It that really is. is. You need to keep learning. You do. That's something that I've always um, uh, stressed to my team members. Whenever people have come on and they uh, become a part of my team, I've always said, we are forever students. Yeah. And I say that and I say, you know, nobody knows everything. Not even me. I'm the doctor. I'm the owner. But nobody knows everything. And it was a constant and it has always been a constant learning process. Absolutely. I know, and I, I really like this about you. I, I know this about you. Uh, the, the viewers are, are just getting exposed to you, but I do know you. And I know that you are a rising star in dentistry. <laughs> I've said it, and you giggle, but I've said it, and you are a rising star, so you will hear this name again, <laughs> John Mark Bernie. Uh, you will say, I heard it on the Efficient Practice Podcast when when he's all over the place. <laughs> but one of the things I like about you and you're, you're learning so early on in your career is, is this quest for knowledge. You have this quest to be uh, the best uh, and you're constantly honing your skills. So I know that you've done a lot of different things to set yourself apart from, you know, what, what you know, just by you just coming out of school at this point and being out two to three years, I know that you've done some extra things. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about the things that you've done differently to hone in on your skills or your, your business savvy or, or whatever it is so that, so the listeners can kind of hear that. Um, um, I'm, not, I'm not too different from everybody else. I'm just like everybody else. But at the end of the day, I appreciate it. At the end of the day, I do have 
a drive to want to continuously get better at my craft. You know, um, it was it was something that I guess I kind of matured into. I wasn't this way all the time. Heck, I know a lot <laughs> many people in my dental class. Fifty five. I know 54 other students or colleagues of mine or 54 other doctors of dental surgery that will probably say, Bernie, hey, I didn't know he was that, I didn't know he was that aggressive with learning. Well, I guess. I mean, but nonetheless, um, it was something I matured into, I think, in residency that I really appreciated my residency program for pushing me and my co-residents to do is become sincere in regards to our continued continuing education uh, or continued education and um, literally pressing us to just go out and learn. And like they really pressed us at University of Nebraska to learn outside of the clinic and, and introduced me and my colleagues to a whole different aspect of dentistry that we didn't even know was out there. We had no idea that this is why the doctor who's been practicing for five years is just good or the doctor who's been practicing for 15 years is just good because he took such and such a course and everybody who takes this course gets better. You know, it, it's amazing that you say that because I, I use the phrase all the time. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and really. that's something I, I picked up many years ago at, at LVI, the Las Vegas Institute. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, earlier on, I like you wanted to, to make my practice be different. I wanted to do procedures other people didn't do. I wanted my practice to be different. I wanted the patients to have a, a different experience. And so early on with taking all of these advanced courses, that was a concept that was introduced. You don't know what you don't know. You know, people don't know what you don't know. And as you say, and as you're saying, that quest for knowledge uh, to keep learning, to keep investing in these courses. Yeah, you have to be relentless with it. and. You know, um, Las Vegas Institute is definitely something I'm looking forward into uh, taking myself eventually. Um, but I'm a little biased, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's more than just Las Vegas, but yeah, I like I like what I hear about Las Vegas Institute, and um, the, when it, but I had to start small because Las Vegas Institute is kind of big. It's a big one. It is. It's a big one. I got to start small. And, and I started in residency. I started in residency, I think it was around October of my residency program when I actually started taking it seriously. And I was like, dang. And you know what it what really got me to start taking it seriously was being around my co-residents and not knowing certain things. And I was just like, how do y'all know this, but I don't know this? Or out of the five of us, how did this one person know that, but I didn't know that? Huh, that's what you there's got to be an answer to this. Where are they getting this information from? I never heard of this. And they speak so confidently, and they always quote the literature. I'm like, well, what literature are you reading? And why haven't I read it? And then, you know, it started sparking me to go out and search for certain things. The quest for knowledge. Yeah, and, 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 and um, I remember at the time I was searching on my iPhone, actually, is how I ran into the, uh, my favorite website. Um, I was looking for something to uh, assist me in regards to dentistry on my iPhone to help me study for a certain test. And that's when I came across Dentaltown on my iPhone. I was like, what the heck is Dentaltown? And so I literally remember playing it or downloading it and playing a podcast from Howard Ferran. And Dr. Ferran was on there talking. And, I, loved, you know, I love Dr. Ferran, but, yeah. but 
and you, and you know he has that <laughs> he's a card. He's voice. Hilarious. Yeah, and he's one heck of a funny guy. And um, the questions he was the questions he was asking the person he was interviewing really made me feel at home because he was speaking to him, and the person was talking. I still remember my first podcast was about a guy talking about Carrie View, and it was about uh, cavity detection. And the funny thing was, it was like earlier that week, me and my co-residents were just talking about, have you done hygiene checks yet? And you've been looking at occlusal surfaces. And have you been in that conundrum where you're just sitting there back and forth, like, is it a cavity or not a cavity? But the whole, it feels like the whole room is waiting on you to say decay or no decay. And you just don't know. And so the guy was sitting there saying, hey, I got an invention that literally can break down and just stare at a tooth or take a picture of a tooth and tell you there's decay there based on how much demineralization is on the tooth right now. And Nonetheless, I break that down and say, each time the guy would go into his details about the science of his, his invention or whatever he was trying to sell or not even sell, but just introduce to dentistry at the time, Howard Ferran would always calm him down and say, okay, now break that down to the person that's th third year in dental school right now, who doesn't know the difference between mesial and distal aspect of the two. Break it down for the dummies out there, my, like myself. And he was like that the whole interview. And it made me feel comfortable, like, dang, this is a place that you can really learn. Right. Yeah, it's that's outside. A, like everybody's above you or too far past you in regards to the knowledge. And that that's important. That's that's very important that you say that. That uh, there there are a lot of um, uh, podcasts and and free information out there. Yeah. So we're talking about the courses, and yes, we talked about LVI. That is a process. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of information out there. There's blogs. There's podcasts. Um, and, and things of sort out there that you can, if you're looking for the knowledge, you can, you can find these things. And it's good that it is broken down in such a way that if you are a new dentist, and, and I, I think we said a new dentist one to five years or so, yep. uh, you, you feel comfortable going to these sites because you're a new dentist and you're yeah. still learning. So yeah, that is a, a really good site. And this will be too. Uh, you're yeah, you're going to be one of the pioneers to, to, to help somebody listening right now is listening to you and you're going to be answering some of their questions as well. So, so I mean, that's one thing I did in regards to, uh, con you know, continuing education and I fell in love with it. And that's where I got my, my, my spark, if you will. And I've been doing it ever since. Yeah. And that's how I grew. That's, and, good. that's good stuff. That's yeah, good. It, it makes you feel more confident in what you're doing in regards to being a dentist and practicing. And you, you feel like you know a little bit more than what you knew yesterday. And that's always bigger and better, you know? So. So I hear a lot of new dentists and, and they say some of the things that, that you've said in terms of expectations. Okay. Uh, definitely uh, what they were going to make. You know, you have yeah. this idea of what, what dentistry pays. Um, I, I hear a lot of dentists that also say things like, um, you know, you come out and you go into private practice and, and you think, okay, I'm a dentist, I hang up my shield, and then the patients are going to be there. So that's kind of one of the things I hear new dentists talk about as well. Have you experienced it? Or even insurance, dealing with insurance things. Um, what are some of the other things that you've dealt with just being a new dentist, whether it was, you know, financial or the clinical aspect or working with team members? What are some of the other things that you, as a new dentist, you know, a lot of new dentists worldwide are listening to you right now. What, what, I, what are some of the things that you, you've experienced in, in private practice now? Um, some of the things I experienced, I guess, challenging in regards, and anything's challenging when it doesn't meet your expectation. Um, 
is definitely the uh the uh the way you get paid as a dentist i didn't know how you got paid so to me i was blindsided and that's one thing we didn't talk about too much in my residency program and if they did have these conversations i guess i was at lunch or something i don't know you know, I guess I wasn't there. I, I don't but, think they did those conversations are <laughs> talked about in residencies or yeah, not talked about. In so not. I, I learned uh, the hard way. There's three ways you get paid as a dentist. Salary, production, and collection. And you got to know the difference between them both. All three. You really need to know the difference between all three because if not, and you don't understand how you get paid, then it could be miserable, man. It could be very miserable knowing, dang, what am I doing or why am I not making as much as I should be making or could be making? Okay, so let me get you to elaborate on that a little bit too because so now it's second place for you because you, uh, well, I should say second nature. Well, yeah, yeah. You know what those things mean now. So to oh, yeah. a, new, a new dentist just graduating or a senior student, What's the difference between salary? What do you mean production? What do you mean? Okay, so when you're in dental school, if I'm gonna put myself back in the dental school and all my classmates that I talk to about money and stuff like that, when we coming out, what we think about is salary. That's all we know. All we ever known were we get paid hourly. Sometime in high school, we had a high school gig and we were trying to finally find a gig where we got paid a salary. And that's all you know. Um, but that in dentistry is only one of the ways you get paid. And everybody knows how a salary works. Let's say a salary, they say, hey, you make $100,000. Okay. Sometime during this year, by the end of it, you should garner 100 k period. That's how a salary works. Well, there's other two ways in dentistry how you get paid and you got production and you have collection. And I don't know who in private practice is paying somebody other than collection or production, but... Most of the time, if you got paid salary, you're working at a DSO, and that's like somewhere like Aspen Dental or, or uh, corporate dentistry, some, somewhere of that nature. Nonetheless, most private practices, they pay you collection or production, and production is based off your performance, how many people you get in your chair and what procedures you're doing. You get paid. So let's say your occlusal filling on tooth number 18 uh is a hundred and fifty one dollars a hundred and fifty five dollars or whatever that's what you produced that's what you get paid a percentage of that you a get percentage paid. it's very important to say that because <laughs> yeah. if, if I, if I don't want anybody walking away like, thinking hey i did this and i get a hundred yeah, yeah no they're gonna get no. a percentage of what they produce <laughs> you get, you're right you get paid that's very important you get paid a percentage of your production you get paid a percentage of your collections that's right so, yeah, if you produce $150 at, at that procedure and your production percentage is, I don't know, 30%, I think is kind of, that's pretty good for production, I guess. I don't know. But you get 30% of that $150, 5 or whatever I said. Now, if you get collections, it's a little different because you don't get paid until the office collects. So you could be setting yourself up if you're going into a a spot that sounds good, looks good, but you really don't know how the numbers really go because you have to ask the right questions. And majority of us are not coming out here asking the right questions because we don't even know to ask. That's right. I, I, I want to jump in there too. You're, you're exactly right. So the production, as you said, you're, you're paid on a percentage of what you produce. Actually, most offices don't pay by production. 
they're going to pay by collection. Majority, yeah. salary, like you said, or it's collection, and then it will be a percentage. What you mentioned was about 30%, which is about the range, 30 33%, 35%. Some will go as, uh, as high as 40%. And then what the listeners should know is that you're also a lot of times paying your lab fees. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, getting, you're getting a percentage, but you're also paying your lab fees or a percentage of your lab fees. Uh, the most important note to note on this, this, this form of pay is that it, it's completely contingent on how well the front office collects. Oh, so, man, that's great. You can come into a practice and you can love the dentist. You can come into a practice and you can fall in love with the carpet, the, the paint, paint on the wall. You can fall in love with all that. Oh, they got the new CAD cam or they have the iTero. Exactly. You can fall in love with anything. Oh, the practice software they use. Oh, I just love Dentrix. You can fall in love with anything in that office. But say you don't know just how great that front desk is running, you have no idea that's what you really need paying attention to because that is your paycheck. That is your paycheck. And as you said, we don't know to ask these questions. Mm -mm. We don't, we, we don't, we don't, we just don't know. You, you, there again, we keep coming back to this point. You don't know what you don't know, but we, we don't know to ask these questions. So a lot of times we find ourselves in these situations, whereas you just stated, it could be a wonderful office. The team can be great. The patients can be great. You can produce a whole lot, but if they're not collecting it, then, then you're, you're just kind of, you know, good. Right. It does. You're not getting paid. Yeah. So I think that is one of probably one of the top five things that new dentists um, wish they had known before is like how, how, what the pay structure is. How do you get paid? Yeah, that's, that's the most important thing. I mean, hey, it's your job. Any job is about, yo, how am I getting paid today? You right. know, that's what we do it for. Yeah, we, we're, we're there to help people, but we have to, we have to be- got to get paid. A living too. Yes. Exactly. Especially with the debt that, that, that uh, new dentists are coming out with these days. Some are- yeah. Three to five hundred thousand, three hundred thousand and above. So three hundred plus. Three hundred yeah. plus. So that's something important to know. How in your private practice situation um, have you dealt with insurance, and how how was your your knowledge of that when you when you got into private practice? Um, my my knowledge of insurance has tr truly uh, increased. Um, dental school didn't really have to pay attention to it. Residency didn't really pay attention to it. Now in private practice, though, it's a big deal. They dictate how things go. Um, you're taking x-rays, not because you really need the x-ray, but you're taking x-rays because insurance, for insurance purposes, I think that's what I write in my soap note, a PA was taken for insurance purposes and for verification or something of that nature. But it's really for insurance purposes because you already know what you're, you already see what you see, but it's really so that they can approve and you can actually collect what you're owed for the certain procedures. They dictate a lot of what we do, unfortunately, to a degree. Well, that's the, that's the thing too. And, and, and uh, you know, after uh, practicing for, for, for many years and, and working in networks and out of networks, um, I, I, I started to kind of wean my practices out of the insurance um, Okay. Yeah. Yes, because it's it, when you really learn about what it is, you you want to diagnose and treat the patient for what they need. Yeah. Um, and you, you just definitely don't want a coder or someone telling you, 
you know, how much you should charge for a crown. I had this discussion with a colleague the other day um, in terms of a crown prep. So the they were required to write off, I think it was about 50% of their, their fee. And, and some insurance is 40%, 50%. Uh, and basically it's the UCR, your usual uh, customary rate. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that's how they call it. But they're able to tell you how much you should charge for your, your crown. So you're writing off 40% or greater for the procedure, but your overhead, your your overhead stays the same. What you pay your team stays the same. The, same. the materials that you use stay the same. stays the same. Your lab fee yep. stays the same. So when you do the math, sometimes you're as a provider, you're not even getting paid. And so I, I know a lot of people. You have to do what you have to do, especially when you're new. Sometimes you have to get into the uh, insurances so that you can get patients, you know, but yeah. as you, you know, as you practice and you go through dentistry, you learn a way to, uh, you're probably able to kind of wean those out a little bit later. Uh, in the beginning, you got to have patients and they send you patients if you sign up for the contracts. Yep. That's so. how it goes. And um, I can't remember. What book I was reading? Was it your book? It's <laughs> plugged there, huh? It's over my shoulder. I think I was reading your book. Reading my book. <laughs> it's a good book. Well, thank you. It's easy to read. Easy to read. I don't yeah. know if it was your book or not. I think I was reading your book. Um, where we were talking about insurances in the book and what they used to give insurance uh, benefits back in what 1960. Uh, Believe it or not, that would be my book. That's yeah. your book. Yeah, uh-huh. I definitely have a chapter on that. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's a real thing that nobody knows. Really, right. too, new new dentists don't know too much about. Right. Back in 1960, believe it or not, the benefit was what a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars or whatever right. the case may be. Mm-hmm. And a crown back then was what a hundred dollars a crown. Yeah. I, yeah so how many crowns true. can you get? All, you can probably get fifteen. You can full mouth rehab with insurance, <laughs> right? I don't know about that, but <laughs> you definitely cannot. <laughs> pay for anything in 2018 nope. you know, for what it cost way back then and so, so what you were saying in the book was what that everything's everything has increased in price inflation everything all the way up to what year it is now to 2018 everything has increased in price a crown in 1960 used to be a hundred dollars how much is a crown now well over a thousand somewhere somewhere in the ballpark of a thousand to maybe 1800 depending on a high-end uh dental office wherever you're at nonetheless um, the scary and the weird and just the most head scratching thing in regards to insurance is if you go back and ask your patients now, what is your benefits this year? And they'll tell you the same thing, a thousand dollars, no different than what it was in 1960. So how's a thousand dollars in 1960, still the same thousand dollars in 2018, but the prices have changed and we're expecting to get the same or deliver the same type of dentistry to people. It's just baffling. It is. And that's, and, that, and that's just how the game has gone. And it has literally pigeonholed a lot of patients into not understanding uh, the importance of their treatment and what they need because they allow it to, they allow insurance to dictate what is provided to them. Yeah, you're exactly right. A lot of patients don't understand yeah, insurance. So. They don't understand it. They don't understand how it works. Uh, I'm sure you've had patients come in and say, well, I don't have a copay because I have insurance or insurance covers everything. 
And there again, they have $1,000, which is barely one procedure. So a lot of things that a lot of things that we have to do is we have to then educate the patient, uh, knowing that insurance is not an and all be all, but it's a discount. So you you get a thousand dollars discount towards your treatment. It's just a way of wording it and helping them to exactly. Uh, it's changing. It's changing people's ideologies and the way they think about what insurance is supposed to be. Right. It's the only way you're going to survive if you're in a uh, being a, a practice like myself that uh, that uses insurance or, or or thrives off insurance. Right. You have insurance. You have to teach them, um, and you have to work with people so that they value. Yeah, true. So that they value what you're talking about. So that they value the treatment, because if they don't value it, they're not going to get it done, whether they need it or not. Absolutely. So that expectation has definitely been something that has been changed a lot. Uh, What we talk about? Money? Uh, Yeah, we talked about that. We talked about... um, you know, the, the freedom, uh, actually how insurance kind of decreases your freedom a little bit, but um, uh, just things of that sort, things that you've noticed since you've been in practice, um, uh, dealing with patients. Um, not even dealing with patients. Another thing I noticed or expectation I, <laughs> that has been different for me <clears throat> has been not per se dealing with patients, but dealing with assistance, man. Or with the team members. Nobody teaches you in dental school how to teach somebody else dentistry. You know what I mean? Or, Uh (laughs) yeah, you barely know yourself when you first come out. Nobody teaches you how to teach somebody else dentistry. So either you're a good teacher or you're not. And And some people just aren't natural teachers. They're very knowledgeable. Yeah. doesn't make them, you know, a great teacher. Exactly. So those are the docs who have a harder time, you know, holding on to assistance or even training assist assistance well, if you're not a good teacher. And, and I'm guilty of it too, man. I mean, um, in regards to some days I have it and then some days I just don't feel like teaching, you know, you don't get paid to teach, but you do get paid to teach. I mean, like if you want to get paid, you better teach unless you want to do this all by yourself. You can't do it by yourself. No, you can't do it by yourself. And you know, a a good team can make or break you. Oh God. Yes. So, and, and I, I have never used the term staff because they're always a team. They're a team of people. It takes a team to do what we do. And, and something, you know, that's kind of, you know, that what you're saying is just so profound that nobody teaches you how to, Interact with your team. Nobody teaches you how to to deal with if there's team issues or even if there's not. People have different communication styles or uh, personality types, and you learn these things when you're when you come out. Usually, when you've done some kind of you know advanced training in terms of. I think we you've even touched on personality traits and things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I use a disc, and I use another one for. Uh, team members, but it just helps you communicate in their language. Exactly. So if you communicate in their language, you can get a lot more done. Mm-hmm. Then let's say how maybe I would take something or how um, how I quest for information. I like a lot of details, but everybody doesn't like that. You know what yep. I mean? So yep. you have to speak to those people or your team members in a language that they that they can receive and that they would appreciate. And and like I said, that's just something new that you get exposed to when you're in in the private practice setting. That and even patients, the same thing. Some patients don't want all the details. Some people want you to just tell them what they need and how much it'll cost and when's my next appointment. 
And then you have other people that want you to be very detailed about like every step. Like, how are you doing the step? What materials are you using? So yeah, it's just kind of knowing how to, to communicate with those people as well. Absolutely. So, I mean, hey, again, another course I need to add to dental school. <laughs> yeah, so you can, you can do a lot of the, the, the trainings <laughs> on the clinical aspects, but, but don't forget the ones on the, the, people, the people skills and the yeah. Yeah, communication courses. Those are so important as well because that's how you have a, a harmonious environment. Absolutely. That is. So you know what? I didn't say this early on, but you said that you are, um, you're in the Guard. Yes. Soldier with the Army National Guard. You're a captain. Yes, ma'am. You're with the Delaware Medical Detachment. So thank you for your service. My pleasure. Thank you. We appreciate it. Um, <laughs> how, how does that work in conjunction with your private practice? Oh, man, it's, it works the same way it did when I was in dental school, actually. I joined when I was in dental school. Should have joined freshman year. Uh, but nonetheless, um, <clears throat> I joined the end of my sophomore year in dental school, and it works the same exact way as I am in private practice. I give them two, I'm a weekend warrior. I give them two days out of the month, Saturday and Sunday, one weekend every month, and then two weeks throughout the year. But as a practicing dentist, they know I don't have two weeks out of the year to per se give them mm-hmm. every year. So they let us do these AT days, what they call them, with CE courses. Okay. So you go to a CE course, you turn it in for AT day, and as long as it's at the end of the fiscal year, it added up to 10 days, you should be good. So, okay. um, you, know, you know, that's something good too uh, when we're talking about things that you're exposed to in dentistry. I didn't know much about the military uh, route or route, yeah. uh, and that just seems like a, a very good way to. Uh, I, I don't know how it works in terms with your student loans or if you have student loans, but that just seems like a good track to take. I'll probably have some some more military, maybe even recruitment people on the show, but just to know a little bit more if you're in a career in dentistry or you're, you know, you're uh, in dental school or you're graduating, uh, how does one find out about that? How do, how do they know this, this avenue? Um, I got lucky. Uh, I was at the right place at the right time in regards to one of my friends and colleague and classmate joined the guard when he, when we were in post back. As soon as we got done with our post baccalaureate uh, requirements and we got the letter like, hey, congratulations, you're now in dental school. He went out of his way and did his research and joined the military. Now it, I was like, hey, that's my boy and all, but I ain't joining the military. Not for me. And I don't know, I guess around sophomore year, I was like, man, it's a lot of debt already. So after sophomore year, because I think it was somewhere in the 70K, 70K or higher for one year in Meharry. So after first, after second year, I was just like, whew, I got to do something. He was just like, man, it's really cool, Bernie. I'm telling you, man, this is how it works. And that's what they do. And this, this is easy. This is easy money. I was just like, all right, I signed up and probably like three months in of serving three months already. So that's what, three weekends. I was like, dang, I should have done this quicker. So you, it's I an enjoyable process. Yeah, I just yeah. didn't know. I didn't know. And you got to go early <clears throat> because it takes a while to actually get in. So if you're trying to do it your senior year at dental school, it may be a little too late because I think it takes almost 
six to nine months of the process of paperwork that has to be approved for you to even get in before you're sworn in. So do you, are, when, you're, when you're in military and you're an officer, does that mean that there's a loan repayment? Oh, yes, ma'am. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so students definitely need to know. <clears throat> yeah. Or even, I, I'm, I'm guessing that you don't have to be, I know you said it's a little more difficult, but you don't have to be a student. I'm guessing you can still join the Guard when you're, after you've graduated? What, undergrad? Uh, no, dental school. Can you still, you can still well, join Oh, you know, um, I can't, I can't give you a straight answer on that. Yeah, because you joined really when you were. Know. Because I you joined were. when I was in, and okay. honestly, well, I feel I like every definitely... doctor that I've met, because I've, I've been in Tennessee, Nebraska, and Delaware, and every doctor that I've met so far, I think joined while they were in school. Okay. Well, I'll definitely have someone on the show that can um, tell us a little Answer bit. More definitive. Yeah. That's wonderful. I mean, you know, you, you give back, a, uh, you know, a couple weekends, but paying off your debt is just, um, <laughs> that's just an amazing, an amazing gift. I mean, you, you serve, you're doing a great thing, you serve the country, but, and they pay off your debt. That, that's, that's pretty good. You know, that I've, I've talked to some dentists that practice their whole career yes. and we're still paying student loans. So, so that's good. I'll, I'll definitely have some people on the show that can talk to us a, a little bit more about that. And I'm just going to say uh, just a couple more things. I know you're short on time. This is a work day. Um, I understand that you, you're recently married. I have seen yes. pictures of your, your beautiful wife. Thank you. I appreciate You're it. Very welcome. She's beautiful, <laughs> uh, and she's a dentist as well. So she's a two. It's two doctor, two two Dr. Bernies, two yes. Doctor Bernies in the in the household. Um, how is that? And is your is your wife in private practice with you? Do you practice together? Do you talk about dentistry all the time? That's about three or four questions for you to hear from me really quick there before before we sign off. Uh, <laughs> we, we we became married in uh, December fifteenth last year uh met her in dental school um she does not work in private practice with me um not at all she does public health dentistry and the reason why is because she was um in the national health service corps in dental school so they gave her tuition free assistance all the way through dental school so she was blessed now that i'm married to her i'm blessed and everything's working out so but her requirement is four years in an underserved uh, area. So four years, four years, four, four years for tuition for, for tuition for, for the whole tuition for everything. Okay, let me repeat that: four years for the whole tuition. Four years for the whole tuition. They don't oh care my goodness, that is how wonderful. much it is, but you still have to give them four years. So you have to serve in the underserved. Now you're probably thinking to yourself, well, if you got to serve in the underserved. They're going to probably underpay you. You're going to probably be doing work you don't want to do, whatever the case may be. And that's not necessarily the truth because um, you can go any state, no different than the military. You can go in any state you want as long as there's a location that's an approved site. And they have approved sites in every state. Um, and what is this through? Can you repeat that for me, Dr. Bernie? The what, what American Health Service Corps, I think. Okay. Or no, no, National Health Service Corps. National Health, National Health Service Corps. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> so it's not for everybody, but it's working out from for me and mine. And yeah, she doesn't work with me, but she does general dentistry. She wants to become a, ultimately an orthodontist, and she would have and had the grades too. 
automatically go straight from dental school into ortho, but because of the commitment, she has to put that on hold right now. Well, so let, let me just stop you right there. For four years, that yep. is, I, I, I think I said uh, just a little bit ago that I've met uh, some dentists who have practiced for many, many years and cannot pay off the debt. You know, yep. they were still paying for their student loans. Four years will pass Quit. so fast. Oh my goodness. That will be over so quickly. And to have that financial burden lifted, that's amazing. That's just, and, and I'm glad that we kind of touched on that, that you're, um, you know, you're in the military and that's an option. You're also in private practice and that she's doing this for the underserved because yeah. this stuff that these, these are things that I didn't really know about when I was um, in middle school options that I didn't know that I had, or maybe I kind of heard about them, but I didn't really know the details. Mm -hmm. So just didn't take advantage of things that could help you know, I, I took out loans. Yeah. It could help repay that. So this would be good. This is very good for for dentists and, and you know, students or, or, or even people who want to go to dental school to hear that there are options out there that you can give a few years back. And I mean, it flies by. I can't believe how yeah. long I've been practicing and how fast <laughs> it has flown by. I mean, really so many years, so fast. And four years, you can do that. You can do anything for four years, right? Yeah, you really can. And then she'll get out. She'll be debt free. She can go into ortho. She can, you know, the world's your oyster. So that's just great to that's that's great to hear. Yes, ma'am. That really is. And you two met at Meharry. Right? Yes, we met at Meharry. And yes. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that I have a relationship with Meharry. Oh yeah. Yeah, I um I went to the University of Alabama School of Dentistry. That's where I went to dental school, uh, and I did research about my sophomore year in the recumbent DNA lab, Dr. Paige Caulfield. He was pretty mm -hmm. well-renowned back then. He probably still is somewhere. But um, before we were qualified to work in his lab, or before we worked in his lab, we went to spend time at Meharry. We spent time with the PhD students. Mm -hmm. I believe it was their biochemistry students at the time. So I do have a little Meharry connection there. <laughs> well, there's some reason yeah. you're kindred spirits, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wow, so great. That's, that's, that's wonderful to hear. And you two are just, you know, like I say, and, you know, we make light and, and you know, we you kind of joke about some of the things and the expectations, but I, I'm so glad that you're just being really real and frank, because yeah. these are the things that we don't know when we come out of school. And I really wanted this episode to kind of, uh, you know, cater to that, because we, we do have these expectations. And you know, dental school is tough, you know, and you think, oh, when I get out, then it's going to be easy street. And it's not always like that. Uh, but there's a silver lining. It gets better. Yeah. Um, but it, it gets even better if you kind of know what to expect. So True. Just, right. You know what to expect. You, you, you know, either your expectations are already set and you're not disappointed or you know how to avoid certain pitfalls. Uh-huh. You can prepare better because yeah, you, you you go into it with open eyes. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So so that's that's important too. So let me ask you just a, a couple more things. Um if you were to do it all again, would you do anything differently? And if so, what would that be? I feel like if I had to do it all over again, I would, of course, do something differently. Um, 
I would take I would take my passion for wanting to be my own boss more seriously earlier on. Um, I would have took advantage of being in dental school. I would have took advantage of the free time I had in dental school. Believe it or not, we all you got a little free time here and there. I don't so know about you. I didn't have any free time. <laughs> I guess I had a, I had a little here and there. I made you got to make something. Now I got to find the time to make it now. You know what yeah, I mean? But I, know. I would have came up with my business plan. I would have came up with my uh, I would have came up with uh, um, I would have came up with with uh making myself more credit worthy, uh, more presentable to a bank to ask for a loan, to do what I need to do to literally, and do my research. Cause I just don't want to pop up down the street just because I'm comfortable living here. You know, I would have done my research and put myself in a position to what state or city is best economically for me. You know what I mean? Where am I going to grow my practice in the next 10, 15, 20 years? And, um, sustain because you got to sustain a practice if you open it up you want to sustain and keep the lights on you don't want to have to end up selling out to dso or selling out to somebody else because you, you you can't afford it you don't want to go out like that there's nothing wrong with going out like that because everybody has their reasons but you when you first start out that's definitely not the plan so um yeah i would have done my research and really make that happen for myself but there's nothing wrong with the way i'm going Cause I'm learning a lot. Cause if I didn't, Oh my God, I may have done it, but I wouldn't have known nothing regards to running or running the business or even dentistry in the cell. Well, well, let me, let me just get, we're going to give you a little bit of, we can give you a little bit of grace. What two, two years, yeah. three years. So you're ahead of the game. I, I promise you, I know what you do. I yeah. a little modest, but, but you're, 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 you're researching and yeah. two years out and you, you still have time, you're researching and you're learning uh, and you, you know, you can have that business plan. You can, you, you're going to have whatever you want. Yeah. You start. And so you're, you're, it's still early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Things are happening. Early. Things happen the way they did for a reason. I'm sure. They do. They always you know? do. And there's something I had, you know, something I had to go through before I became my own boss, you mm -hmm. know, in regards to that and uh, running a team. Oh man, yeah. like I said, they didn't teach us that in dental school. I'm just going to wake up one day and just think I know how to run a team. Oh my yes. God. <laughs> oh my God. You know? Or, or run a business, period. Run a business. So 90% of what you do, and I'm just throwing a number out there, but the dentistry is the easy stuff. You know, it is. You have to do. Running the business is the challenge. And a lot of us just want to be, in the back in somebody's mouth, you know, creating a beautiful smile and doing perfect veneers yeah, or crowns, yeah. whatever. But running the business is, is the challenge for so many of us. So yeah, just learning as much as we can about business is just really paramount yeah. for people who are listening. Yeah, so I mean, that's one thing I guess I would have done, but then I look at it and I'm like, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's best that I didn't, you know? Right. Because like you said, things happen how they're supposed to happen. Yep. And all of it is a discovery period for you. Exactly. You're learning. So I, I know that I know that you've done um, extra things too. I know you do the uh, lots of courses. I know you've done coaching. So yeah. you you definitely are ahead of the game in terms of 
that in learning the business aspect as well. Because, <laughs> right? you know, some people never, some people never do that their whole careers. And it, you know, you've done that as well. So. Yeah, I, I think one of the smartest things I've done, or a few of the smart things I've done in my very infantile stage of my career is CE courses over and over again. You can't trust this enough. And if you can afford it, dental coaching just to take you and catapult you literally to the next level you got to have a coach everybody has everybody that we know and look up to that's been great had somebody coaching them. nobody did it on their own and you're it's crazy to think that you did it on your own and i mean literally a coach that's going to push you and what in whatever profession you're in you know if you if you i guess uh own walgreens or whatever somebody needs to push you into saying hey you need to own walgreens you know what i'm trying to say or or how to run walgreens because they don't know nobody's born just saying hey i got this idea i want to own a pharmacy or something like that and this is how we're going to run it i can agree with you more you got to be coached the right way i mean even if it's just for, even if you really have all the talent, you already know all the answers. If we're talking about an athlete or a sport or something like that, everybody still has that coach because they see something that you could, that you could use to make your skill just more perfect. Right. He's not paying attention to. And you've been winning and you've been succeeding just all pure talent, but they got something on the back of it. Man, this really could make you untouchable, you know, and that's what you need. So. Same thing in dentistry. I say the same thing in dentistry. Literally, to to truly catapult your career, you got to have a coach. And again, that's something they don't teach you in school. So. Well, you know what? That was just beautiful. <laughs> I could agree with you more. I've always had one. Yeah. Um, you know, I I, I agreed. The example. And you, and you know what's so funny? I mean, if you're real about dentistry or you're serious about dentistry and you start to get into it and you start to know the big names in the field of whatever whatever specialty you're looking at because you got a big name in every every specialty right um you start to look at those big names and if you were to ask them like yourself they got a coach right like that you even you have a coach you right. have a coach. even the coach has a coach you know coach has a coach yeah <laughs> exactly so there's something to it there's yeah. got to be something to it. There and if you, ask the, if you ask certain people in the field of dentistry how they got there and they tell you your coach, you may, it may be baffling to you at first, but they, they're very sincere about it. Uh -huh. and, and as you're saying that, you know, it can be an investment, but it's, it's kind of something, I don't know if we talked about that. We talked a little bit on the pre-interview, but we talked about like all the courses that you take in the investment and how some people are kind of like, oh my goodness, that's a lot of money for all these courses or even, oh, that's a lot of money for these coaches, uh, mm -hmm. courses and coaches. But if it alleviates stress and it makes your practice grow faster, it saves you money over the long term and it yeah, just makes it. more productive then it's worth it. And that's the example. Oh my God, it's worth it. Yeah, because you're doing it backwards. You're, just you're doing it backwards. You're trying to figure it all out on your own. Yeah. Reinventing the wheel. Yep. And it's unnecessary. And, and, and the example that you used is the athlete. Yeah. The best athlete in the world. Mm -hmm. as a coach. So why wouldn't we as doctors who have not been trained on business 
go into business, not know <laughs> anything about business and not hire, you know, not have somebody to, to coach us there. Even the top CEOs in, in big companies, yep. they have people that come in and help. So you know what? My last question was going to be, uh, what advice would you give to, to um, any new dentist? And you just did. So um, that was great advice. You're, uh, continue learning, foster learning. And also, if you have the opportunity to, at some point, um, have a coach or coaching. Uh, and of course, there's free information out there as well, podcasts. Uh, and, and that sort of thing. So um, this is Dr. Adeline Samuel. Okay, Dr. Bernie, can you hear me? There was a little bit of pause. There was a little delay. Can you hear me? Absolutely. Okay, great. So I, I had one last question for you. Um, but you know what? I, I think I, I just may not ask it. I, I was going to ask you, what advice would you give to new dentists who are adjusting to life after dental school but it sounds like you just answered it that advice you know continuing to learn absolutely you know that you, what you just said was was the answer to my next question continuing to learn uh, taking as many courses as you can learning that you don't know what you don't know absolutely. that quest for knowledge like you're doing um and also just when you were talking about about a coach you know coach is the i think Honestly, CE and coach, CE and coach. Those are key factors. Those are it. Those are the, those are the keys. Um, and keep God in it, of course. But CE and coach, CE and coach. Yeah, and then totally depending on, on your your belief system. Yes, yeah, some yeah, kind of yeah. your, you know, your belief in God, your spiritual. Absolutely. You know, just having that that being grounded. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's perfect advice. Um, I, I'll, I'll kind of leave it on that note. CE, because that covers your clinical, it, can, yep. it covers your business, it covers your team, it covers your communication, the coaching. And, and some people won't, you know, maybe you can't afford a coach. There's a lot of free information out there. There are podcasts. We're going to be bringing lots of business experts, lots of clinical experts on this show, lots of new dentists. We're going to bring all kinds of things on the show. So they are free podcasts and some free information. But if you ever have the opportunity to do some sort of coaching, I am a coach now myself. It's not a plug for me, um, but I've had business coaches my entire career. So I know that that was one of the things that allowed me to uh, have my practice practice in the top one percentile of other practices in my state and adjacent states is having other people who could see, you know, like you said, my talents, um, my research, but seeing an outside eye. Exactly. Well, that's really great. I thank you so much, Dr. Bernie, for being on the show today. I, yeah, so excited. It's always a good conversation with you. So I'm really happy. I know that you've brought a ton of value to our listeners. Um, so I, I definitely want to have you on the show again at some point, just so that I can follow up and, and just kind of, you know, watch your career blossom <laughs> and see well, all the great, yes, and see all the great things that you're going to do in dentistry because you are, I see it, I see it in you. <laughs> I said it and I always say it and I mean it. So, um, you know, you all can't see us, but we see each other and, and I'm talking to him because I, <laughs> I, I believe this to my heart. So um, there again, thank you so much. Thank you for your service. Um, 
to your beautiful wife. I sure will. I sure will. All right. And um, so we, we're going to have you back on the show. And uh, thank you all for listening. This concludes an episode of the Efficiency Practice Podcast with Dr. Samuel, Evelyn Samuel, your host. If you have not, please feel free to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Efficiency Now Network, where we're going to have uh, dentists, and we already have dentists that are joining on. It's a free group for, for people who are wanting to have efficient practices, uh, dental practices or businesses, or use efficient practices to drive your business to the next level. So that's our free Facebook group, Efficiency Now Network, where you can join, or if you want to know more about coaching or anything like that, you can uh, follow us at efficiencyinstitute.com, or uh, my other website is DrEvelynTeagueSamuel.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Efficient Practice Podcast with Dr. Evelyn Samuel.